Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. Today, I want to talk about how I'd build a business today. If I was starting out from scratch, the things I would do, I guess from lessons I've learned to build a successful business. I have the benefit of reflecting on a 13-year business journey. I have seen so much change throughout that time, and I changed so much throughout that time, not surprisingly. Where I started as a, I guess, a new mum on maternity leave, trying to help other women in business on my own, I don't even know if I ever had the vision of being a business owner per se, to now a digital marketing agency owner that turns over seven figures a year with a team of 10 in my dream office is mind-blowing. But it gives me the opportunity to think, what would I do differently? I further have the benefit of having worked with hundreds of businesses in this time and seen inside so many businesses, both what makes them succeed and sometimes, sadly, what makes them fail, the decisions, the choices, the processes, the structure, what is it that makes a business make or break? I've often been labelled as uh, misconsistent. I have consistently built my business slow and steady and it got me, you know, where I wanted to be. But in hindsight, I can see I could have got there sooner. I can see decisions I made along the way or paths I took that slowed down my growth and slowed down my progress. I don't have any regrets. I think I've been able to balance growing a family alongside growing the business reasonably successfully. Although like every mother, I'm racked with guilt about things I've missed and, and, you know, times I've had to prioritize one over the other. But I know that if I grew my business faster, perhaps I would have had to trade more time from family life into business life. And, and, you know, that's definitely something that was always a very important balance to me as I grew So breaking down how I'd build a business today if I were to start again, I think the first thing I would do would be to invest in great branding from the get-go. I don't think I considered at all when I started how important branding was. I think coming from huge brands, I'd worked for Revlon, I'd worked for Bonds and Burley, I'd worked for Elizabeth Arden. You know, I'd worked for Holden. I'd obviously been within big brands, but as a small business owner or as a freelancer starting out, I didn't recognize the power that a brand can give. And it's not the power, I think, of recognition when you start out. It's almost the power of clarity. And there's also a sense of pride, and I'll come back to that. But I think when you invest in branding, and especially if you work with a branding expert, you know, I'm not talking about just creating a logo. And and I think that's where I could have been stronger, was not just creating a logo, but actually developing a brand to launch with. 
I I think that there's a clarity that comes from building a brand and, and investing in a brand that helps you identify things like your tone of voice, your style, your target market, possibly even your, you know, your purpose. And then to commence with a strong visual identity that you can build consistently over time, I think is invaluable. And, and the part about a sense of pride really comes back to, you know, I started my business. I started with a business name. I was very, um, I guess, determined to not be the face of my business uh, when I started and and having sort of wanting to, I guess, hide behind something both for legitimacy. You know, hiding behind a business name helped me to feel more established and less intimidated, uh, but also to, I guess, reassure others that there was a, you know, a, a business there and, and for growth to know that it didn't always have to be me, uh, you know, as as the person doing the work and the person that they would deal with. But I, I started with a business name. So I started with Wise Up Marketing. Um, I struggled to pick a business name and I've worked with many clients in the last decade with business naming and it is no easy feat. If a business name comes to you easily, grab it and celebrate that because it is so hard to pick a business name. Uh, Wise Up Marketing, My I obviously started the business with a newborn and ours were all the rage. Um, we had the TV show with Hoot the Owl on it, Jimmy Giggle, um, and he's gone on to, to really change his focus. He's quite hilarious now. Um, so I was kind of surrounded by owls and I, I think somewhere in there I kind of developed Wise Up Marketing and used an owl in my logo, which I, I find hilarious years later when people buy me owl-related presents and I'm not that passionate about owls. <laughs> but I went with Wise Up Marketing and I made my logo myself and I never felt that proud of it. You know, it always felt like a DIY, like a homemade logo. I had business cards with it printed on it. I didn't really have to do too much else with it. It went on obviously website and social media, but I never kind of had to do too much big format printing with it. But I didn't feel proud of it. And, and I think it, it didn't feel as legitimate as it could have. And years later, I think it was four to five years in that I actually rebranded and had the logo redeveloped and, and had the brand identity redeveloped. When I relaunched with that, I felt so much more professional. I felt so much more legitimacy. I felt proud. And I think, you know, investing in your branding from the get-go is investing in your business. It's it's a it's a signal to yourself that you believe in it, that you believe it's going to go somewhere. And I think this is a great segue into my second uh, point or my second reason or strategy of what I would do if I was rebuilding a business from scratch today is I'd have a vision and values from the start and I'd share them and I'd work to really live them. I think vision and values can link quite uh, intrinsically back to branding. When I started doing vision and values work, it sort of was like all the pieces came together, all the reasons why I did things a certain way or had certain expectations of my staff or I wanted to deliver certain things a certain way to clients really came back to my values. 
And as business owners, often it's our own values that shape the values of the business. And it's so important to capture those because as we understand those values, we understand what's important to us. We understand what we want future employees to also think is important. So vision and values to me became a huge factor in attracting the right team members. In my interviews, I actually ask, you know, what value do you resonate most with and why? And it's fascinating to hear the value that people look at within the company and feel the most connected to. And it's real insight. Being values aligned is critical. And and as time went on, it was also a great safety check. I, I could identify a team member that wasn't values aligned and, and I would understand why there was such a great disconnect between maybe um, them and the outputs I desired or, you know, their way of working and 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 the company or my own way of, of wanting things to work. So having those values, I think, were hugely important or I, I believe are hugely important to building the right people. They also become really important in building your ideal client profile, working out who you can, you know, serve and who you're best suited to serve. And also, it's a great way to express to clients what you stand for, why you're different. The values of your organization is going to, again, be what aligns clients to you and, 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 you know, what, whether it's a product or a service, what makes someone choose you. Alongside those values, having that vision of where you want to go. And and I'm always someone that had shied away from vision, shied away from goal setting. I, you know, I was always really easy on myself. If I set a goal and I didn't make it, I'm not the sort of person to beat myself up about it. But I think the whole process of of goals and vision, again, I just didn't know how to connect to it. And, And the work that I did with Amy from Craft Coaching, around vision and values, you know, it it revolutionized my business and and revolutionized me as a leader as well, I think. And so if I was building a business today, I would get really clear on my vision and values and I would use those to underpin my recruitment strategies, my um, lead generation strategies, my website content, my social media content, my proposals, absolutely everything. I would live and breathe them from the day dot and you know they would integrate back with my branding really beautifully the third thing i would do if i was building a business today was i would be the face of my business from the get go and i would leverage it i think i as i touched on before you know i did start my business as a freelancer without probably a strong vision of of growing it into a business but i did start with the business name and sort of hid behind that. You know, I used the proverbial we when it was just me. I I really hid behind Wise Up Marketing instead of saying, you know, Marianne Amy's of Wise Up Marketing. And I think, you know, obviously in the first five years, it was easy because marketing wasn't so video driven. Uh, I don't think we were tapping into humanizing our brands. Everything was very... Um, aesthetic driven. Everything was very curated and perfection orientated, um, which hallelujah that we've seen things move on from those ideals. But I look at my social media followings for the business and even for my, you know, uh, founder accounts. And I know for a business of my tenure, those numbers could be far greater and the engagement could be far greater if I had got in there 
from day dot and really owned my role within the business and, and, you know, my leadership within the business. I think I too often looked at to others to, to kind of be a bit of a face or, you know, talk on camera and, and instead of just getting in there and doing it myself. So, so I would use that, what I call a small business's USP from the get-go, which leads on really nicely to another thing that I would do. I would invest a lot of my time in establishing a voice of authority amongst my target audience. So I would have been, or I would be in this new business, a lot more active on LinkedIn, a lot more active in first-person content across all social media, uh, looking for more ways to engage at, uh, you know, speaking and events and workshops to really be known and to clearly be known for being the, you know, the XYZ in this new business, whatever it might be. establishing that voice of authority to magnetize my ideal client towards me. Again, I, you know, it, it links so intrinsically to, you know, not being the face of the business and hiding behind the business. Part of that means that that voice of authority and and really building that visibility strategy wasn't a key priority for me. I think in a, in a new business that I launched now, drawing on the learnings of what I've seen, that would be something I really focus on. And to be honest, you know, some of the businesses I see that don't succeed are where they resist being the face of their business, Um, whether they don't feel confident, whether they have, you know, they've got a nine to five and they they can't be visible in this business, Um, whether they just feel like the content can carry it. It's those businesses that I see start up with social um, management, paid ads management, and you know, three months later, pull away because they're not getting results when they haven't listened to the absolute imperative of getting a face involved, of being their business, or, or nominating someone to be the business, and really having a voice and and having a unique uh, vision or viewpoint within the industry that's going to magnetize people towards them. I would process map from day one. My business lived in my head for close to a decade. And when you have a business that spans web development, SEO, brand design, social media, advertising, I'm sure I'm missing things, you know, and all of those processes, all of those how we work are living in my head or are living in the heads of team members that, you know, might stay for two years and then leave. I wish from day one, I established a way of doing things. I established processes uh, and, and had ways for people to both onboard in those processes and then to repeat those processes. I feel like that streamlining, that pressure of me as the, you know, the person that knows all the stuff is is really refreshing. And it also sets your business up to be sold one day. You know, nobody wants to buy you and the business. They want to buy the business. And if the processes are clear and there's not a dependency on you, it is a much more valuable asset. Um, Processes can feel really constricting, and I think it's important to always be reviewing them as well. So we did amazing work with Carrie-Anne from Verve, and she helped me to map out my whole business. We turned that into processes 
and templates to execute processes, but we come back to it. We we talk all the time about what are we doing versus the process and which one is better, what needs to change. Is it what we're doing now or is it the process that just needs to be rewritten and refreshed? So, you know, I, I think that that process approach also makes onboarding new staff so much easier and a much better experience for them as well when someone can be onboarded and and follow a system of what they need to know they can self onboard and then they can access training and follow processes for you know their routine tasks takes that pressure off them they don't feel so lost or so thrown in the deep end and when you pair that with you know team mentoring and team support it's a beautiful onboarding our relationship and and the processes are what can really uh, help with that another more operational thing that I would do if I was building the business today is I would hire slowly and fire fast anybody in my inner circle would know that this is one of my oh what is it it's not a it's not a bugbear is it a weakness is it a pain point I I find it really hard. I see the best in people and I'm so committed to somebody's potential and I'm so committed to how somebody can grow that sometimes I hold on too long and give too much to turn them around where I need to, you know, call it earlier and 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 work with someone to help them understand you know, that we're not the right fit, whether it's the business, whether it's the industry, uh, and, you know, really help them align to a better role. Hiring slowly, it's not always possible. Sometimes we're left in the lurch, someone leaves and, you know, the work needs to go on. So we hire fast. But I, I spent a lot of 2023 recruiting and partly that was, you know, growth and partly it was, that I took my time. I did a whole round of recruiting for a digital specialist and I actually hired nobody. And I just, you know, looked at ways that we could hold it, looked at ways we could manage it internally for a little bit longer because it needed to be the right person. And oh my gosh, the relief when you find the right people, it makes the the holding it so worth it. Um, And, you know, another great tip or another thing I would do in terms of hiring is to build a warm bench and something that I was introduced to years ago and you know something I would take with me into this proverbial new business is to have a warm bench so always be connecting to great people in the industry every time someone sends a resume in off the cuff replying to it you know trying to have a coffee catch up just to suss out who they are even if you're not hiring now you know, the right people, having a warm bench of the right people that are valued aligned to your business will save you time and money when you have either, you know, rapid growth or an unplanned for, you know, vacancy within the business. I would also have a small investment of always on ads. So I think, again, um, I've been really fortunate to build a seriously successful business out of word of mouth, 
out of great Google SEO rankings um, and, yeah, yeah, referrals. I have not actively marketed for my business. Um, and I think if I was building a business today, I would actively market my business and put as much energy into marketing my own business as I do into marketing others. I'm like the the plumber with the leaky tap that uh, never finished, you know, never fixes their own tap, the builder that doesn't finish their house. I do put a lot of energy into my clients and often, you know, at the detriment of my own business. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, having a small investment in always on ads, so whether they're just awareness ads, whether they're brand name protection ads, different types of strategies. And of course, that comes down to the sort of business you have if you're a product business or a service business. But, uh, you know, a great analogy a client gave me uh, at the very beginning was my business is really good. I have enough clients but it's like a leaky bucket. There's always something dripping out the bottom. And I find it so relatable. You know, it's relatable in product and service. No matter how well you're doing, you're going to lose a customer here and there. It's natural. And, you know, having a strategy where you're always topping up the bucket with some water on top protects you for what's coming. And I think, you know, that's where paid ads, having an always on campaign, that's not about, conversion but is more about awareness or lead generation is a strategy to defend yourself against that leaky bucket. If I was building the business today from the get-go I would create myself a network of like-minded business owners, people that I actually adore and that I'm so committed to supporting them but also so ready to lean on them when I need it. I've been fortunate to, you know, have different groups of like-minded business owners around me, you know, from clients that turned into amazing, you know, business colleagues or business mentors together, co-mentors, to being part of some some groups and being part of some group coaching where we've moved on to to really form our own group within that and really look after each other. You know, there's no greater comfort than having people that understand what it's like. And, and I think when I went on my first retreat with craft before that, I felt like so much of what I didn't think I was great at or, you know, the frustrations of my business, I felt like they were unique to me. And it's amazing to get in a room of people and realise actually they're just stuff that business owners in these certain niches or, you know, these types of businesses go through and hear the most established business that you admire tell you that they are having similar issues down to a business, you know, a quarter of your size tell you that they're having those problems and genuinely care about each other. Um, it's transformed me in the last 12 to 18 months. And I think if I was building a business today, I'd be seeking that out from the start. And lastly, to wrap up, if I was building a business today, I'd be slow, I'd be steady, and I'd be consistent. I think that's one thing I wouldn't change. I see people go at it. I see people go at it with lofty goals. I see people want to scale so quickly and be enamored by revenue-driven marketing strategies, you know, join my six-figure this, grow your five-figure five that. And I just think that 
being slow, steady, and consistent, like a little, I can't think now, there is the the snail and the hair, like, like a little snail is the best way to be because my gosh, things will change in your business ownership journey. The market will change. The consumer will change. Hell, if you're lucky, you'll get a pandemic thrown in there and then a potential recession. Things are always changing and it's a lot easier to weather the storms when you're steady and consistent, when you put in consistent effort day in, day out, when you steadily grow, when you focus on changing a few things at a time, achieving that and moving on to the next thing, not trying to fix everything at once. I think that slow, steady consistency has got me where I am in, you know, in 13 years and will get me where I want to go in the next 10 before you see me out to pasture on a beautiful farm not too far from the beach. So I hope this is a great insight. And if you're at the start of creating a business, I hope you put lots of this into practice. If you already have a business like me, you know, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to adapt. I'd love to hear what I missed. I'd love to hear what you would do if you were building your business from scratch again today. And I hope you've enjoyed the episode and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.